goodness. Aisha Hines took us straight to church with this special episode of Underground. So stay right here with us. You're tuning into the destination for TV superfan discussion, After Buzz TV. And now, let the buzz begin. I wish I was a good singer. Wait, hold on. Let me get my baritone. <laughs> no, 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 no. She tried, though. I tried. I tried. Effort. Uh, I felt like it was only appropriate to start the show with um, Moses. Guys, uh, this is Lena is out today, but Franceli's here holding you down. You can hang out with me and all things social media at Sully Hangout and the lovely ladies. Hey, guys. Elena here. You can follow me on all social platforms at hey underscore it's lay. And I'm Lanisha, guys. And you can follow me on Instagram and Twitter at Lanisha underscore 33. Ooh, man! This I was feel, a lot. This was a lot. It, it, it's I haven't had enough time to process. I know that we got it a little late because we're on the West Coast, so some people Ooh, may have. Some people like, are watching yeah. it right now because the West Coast went live at eight. Mm-hmm. So, um, folks, the West Coast is just watching it, but the East Coast got it three Early. hours ago, right? Um, Seriously, like they've been promoting it for a while that this is what was going to happen. We're going to have a special edition, an hour long of just Harriet. Um, So I was like, okay, this is going to be like a TED talk, you know, (laughs) but back in the day. But just before we get into like dissecting this hour long monologue, just in general, ladies, how do you feel? What did you think overall of this brilliant performance? I think Aisha Hines did a beautiful job like Mm -hmm. I was watching it first of all and I was I remember saying to myself she can't be acting like (laughs) this is this has to be her story because she did such a phenomenal job Mm -hmm. outside of that getting to know Harriet on this level and and seeing her in a new light than what I'm used to or what the history books have taught us or what the internet has been teaching us was very refreshing it was also heavy though because it was a lot to process and and yes she was preaching at us and yeah I felt like she was ministering us but there were a lot of truths in there Mm -hmm. and there were points you know when she I know that we're going to get into, but there were points while she was speaking that reminded me of little black boys and girls that live in the hood today and their mentality. For sure. So a lot of that was heavy for me. Yeah. For me, it was just, it was really powerful. And like I said, so I was at the same time looking things up about Harriet Tubman and, and everything I was looking at was kind of going in order with what she was saying. So all the history that they put in that episode, I really admire that and I'm thankful for that because like you said, like what we were taught in school, history books, and if you go online, maybe all that information may or may not be there. You know, I found a good site where it was, but you have to nowadays kind of force yourself to learn these things and for it to be, you know, an entertainment like that and someone take the, the have the courage to put it out there that way, I think is brilliant. I mean, I had chills there were moments where I literally just wanted to cry. I, I'm still feeling the weight of it, which is why, like, normally I'm, like, super hyped mm-hmm. when we do Underground. But today I'm just, I'm trying to contain where I am because mm-hmm. I don't want to cry live on the air. I'm not doing it, y'all. <laughs> um, but it, this episode was penned by Misha and Joe, who are the creators of the show. So just brilliant job to them. And as always, I mean, mm-hmm. they're just incredible. And Misha, I have to I have to read what Misha wrote. She said, one morning I woke up and the thought hit me like a train. Harriet Tubman had whip marks on her back. This icon, this beacon of strength, the Moses of her people had suffered the brutality of her people. And somehow 
I had never put those two images together. That's where this episode started in my head, and that's why it starts with Harriet Bear in that corset. And, mm-hmm. and, and I'm happy that she woke up one morning and had that thought because it was needed. Mm-hmm. When we hear of Harriet Tubman, we think of Underground Railroad, we think of all the greatness that she's done for the people, but we don't really see her as a slave. Mm-hmm. Right. We don't really see her getting beat. We don't really get the intimacy of the struggle that she actually had to endure. Mm-hmm. So that becomes really hard, you know what I mean? So to see her in that light, like when I... That first image of her back was just like, oh yeah, mm-hmm. she is. A sl- the, she right. was a slave. She right. wasn't always free. Like she isn't this. But like you know what I mean. She right. got her start. Mm-hmm. She, mm-hmm. And seeing her vulnerability, you know, it's like she's. We always see her clothed, and we see that iconic picture of her just like posing. Mm-hmm. But this is her like semi undressed, you know, trying to fix her hair like a black woman thinking about her edges. Are they right? You know, when she said that I was like, girl, because before the show started, we were talking about our hair. Edges. Yeah. We were talking about being comfortable with our natural hair. She said that she she was tasseling with her head because she felt shame. She was like Mm -hmm. she couldn't have her hair look like this and walk into someone's establishment. So when it comes to natural hair and having blackness in you, right, you know what I mean? It's a struggle. Like, the natural hair era is still very new. Mm-hmm. We didn't always embrace our natural hair. No. We're, we're still trying, and a lot of us are still breaking out of that. Yeah. So that line was very relevant and resonated with millennials, I believe. Right, yeah. And, like, for me, for myself, like, I stopped getting a perm years ago, maybe about 10 years now, and I thought that was me doing something, taking a stance or something, but I still straightened my hair. Mm-hmm. I may not have been perming it with chemicals, but I was still straightening it. You yeah. know what I mean? So it's like I didn't really get any thing done with that I just didn't permit you know what I mean so it's like I still struggle with that too yeah the struggle is real I talked about it today I was like hmm (laughs) how I'm feeling about the afro I just want to give a special shout out to those who are in the live chat with us Black Jones and Donna thanks for checking in with us tell us yes what you think about the episode what your thoughts were so we hit the ground running with um, the episodes called Minty um, because that's what they used to call her when she was a child because her name was Armamina our, yes, yeah. she Ar- was Ar- born Armamita Ross. Mm-hmm. Yes, and she starts off speaking about fear, what we know and what we believe, and that fear was the first thing that she know, the fear mm-hmm. of the white man. Yeah, But she has a full audience of white people coming to see her. What, right. what are your thoughts about that? Because till this day, you know, when you're a prominent black entertainer, I want to just um, give a special RIP to Charlie Murphy, you know? huge black comedians and you get to a certain level where you make so much money no longer your own people can go see you now you have a room full of white folks Mm -hmm. coming to see your show Kevin Hart the people in the front row of his shows aren't us even Mm -hmm. when we look around to where we start living our neighbors don't look like us right the people who drive the cars that we drive don't look like us the Mm -hmm. people that are in the restaurants that we're eating at don't look like us as soon as this episode started the very first note that i took was (laughs) look at all these white people (laughs) right because i mean we knew we knew that they were preparing us to have her speak and we knew that a lot of the abolitionists and a lot of people were going like elizabeth were going to watch her speak yes but i didn't think that it would be a predominantly white room which I feel like opened a lot of our eyes because I think 
and I know I know that we talked about this before, but we also we go blind so much to how many people were in cahoots with us, mm-hmm. how many white people tried to help us. I think that we hear slavery and it doesn't take away from slavery and we, we know racism exists and we automatically cancel out every white person like, OK, you're racist. You, you, you know, you didn't help us. But that room was full of white people who wanted to help whether right. they wanted to go to war or not. Mm-hmm. They still wanted to help. Yeah. Same thing with the Civil Rights Act. I mean, we can't do it alone. Right. When it's an all black, all white, all Jewish, when it's an all just marginalized movement, it's not going to mm-hmm. move outside of right. your circle. In mm-hmm. order for it to be a grand thing, it has to include everyone. Right. Mm-hmm. And that's what really created change. But she talks about the ignorance of captivity and the ignorance to liberty and not knowing about that. And now that she's it wasn't until she became free that she understood right. the scope of what slavery was. And then what I caught was that she heard Uncle Tom's Cabin. She didn't read it. It was read to her. Mm-hmm. And she was like, but this doesn't depict the real horror of it all. Right. I, I don't know. Again, I'm like, I must be not getting my facts straight. But I was like, I assumed that Harriet learned how to read somewhere along this journey did she always not know i know she didn't know how to read at mm-hmm. first but i'm like did that just stay no yeah, one ever I've taught her well i still don't know read. if she didn't know how to read because to do my she she started working in the military she was a nurse and i'm pretty sure she had to read some kind of orders and you know she worked in, like i'm pretty sure she at one point she had to read something right so i think she may have learned later down the line but it wasn't a, a skill that was necessary um in helping to free so many slaves which is probably why we don't have the answer. Mm-hmm. So maybe someone in the chat room can kind of let us know. Do you know if Harriet ever learned to read, read. or not? Because yeah. clearly yeah. we missed our let history lesson. Right? <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness. Um, how? And I like how she said, I know what you guys came here to hear, which is how I defied these odds and how I escaped hell because slavery is like hell. Mm-hmm. But she's like, that's not exactly what I'm here to talk to you guys. She like flipped it. She's like, in order for you to understand my freedom, you have to understand my bondage. And she goes and talks about her childhood. Like you mm-hmm. said, we don't know anything about her childhood in that mm-hmm. regard. And so tell me what you guys thought about her story as a kid. Before she went into her story, she she opened up the floor with a certain essence about her. Oh, mm-hmm. She was yes. very vulnerable. She was very bare. She didn't hold back. She expressed her experiences very clearly to where... All of my senses smelt, felt, thought, oh, mm. saw what she went through. Right, right, right. Um, so the fact that, you know, we talk about the room being predominantly white. We talk about her telling us between liberty and freedom and, and having ignorance. But she also stood up there and she said, you could imagine how I'm feeling on this stage looking at all of you. Mm-hmm. And the fact that she, at this point, she freed about 50 people, you know, she... She has power. Mm-hmm. She ha- she has power. She's free. She can do so much. And she still stood on the stage and said, "I still feel some type of way that I'm speaking to you. That I'm that I'm in front of you. That right. that you're in my room." So for her to still have some type of not fear of the white man anymore, but she still has some type of fear. You know yeah. what I mean? Or and, just and, the fear of public speaking, right? You yeah. know, like that was so awesome. Like again, we see her always as this iconic of strength, but it's mm-hmm. like, oh, I'm. I usually just talk to the people that I'm on the road with, like talking to a whole audience, you know, like it was like, whoa, this is like really scary. Mm -hmm. The humility she had while she was Mm -hmm. speaking is what transpired into her, her telling us about her childhood. 
Right. And also keep their attention while having that speech. And right. also, like, in, in a room full of white people, yes, they, they are um, abolitionists and they are there to help. But also the fact that she also demanded and commanded respect from them. Mm-hmm. You know? So they were sitting there attentively and listening to, like, every word that she said. And that's powerful to be able to do that. Right. Uh, Elena, I love how you talked about how bondage attacks the senses. And she just, she really, I mean, she, the writing is just so incredible, you know, comparing sounds to the crack of the whip and the mm-hmm. feel of breath and the taste of copper and the, like, just everything was just so, like, they just, I mean, I was like, I didn't know how this was going to work. I'm like, an hour and eight minutes. Right. Of yeah. I still, Same even here. while watching it, I still thought that they were going to cut it somewhere and mm-hmm. try to get the reactions of the people. I really thought that there were going to be like flashbacks. Like we would see the yeah. childhood. Like it would be an actual, I was like, no, they're really just going to have her sit here mm-hmm. and talk for an hour. But it worked. It did work. Because and- she's, Aisha Hines is brilliant. <laughs> Donna in the chat room says, <clears throat> did she loves how she took the novelty out of it and uh, out of the movie? and challenge everyone to their commitment while she was giving her us the background of her childhood and she like I even though the camera or the picture never cut to the scene where she was a kid and and you know her master's wife had her sweeping and dusting mm-hmm. everything I see it very clearly mm-hmm. oh yes be- because of how it was described and every time she slammed her hand on oh, that desk my yeah. and goodness. the audience you you saw them shake like you you saw them feel the whips mm-hmm. and then we saw her scars in the beginning so all of it was just like tying in at one particular moment she, she challenged everyone like this is how hard it was mm-hmm. this is how hard it still is are you sure you want to do this mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And if you're not sure, then you need to be changing your prayer. Right. For sure. Mm-hmm. That raw hide. I felt like I was getting hit with the raw hide. I was like, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> don't hit that. It was just so <laughs> powerful. I mean, it's, she really is an incredible storyteller. Mm-hmm. Um, Harriet and then Aisha Hines living and breathing the body of the spirit of this woman. But I... I I, there's just so many quotes. I was like writing. I have like pages on pages of notes, too which many, I know I can't. Too many, pages. too many notes, guys. I, I know I can't, but I feel like I was taking a master class. Like I'm mm-hmm. an actor as well, and I think that it was just like, oh my god, oh, and she did that, and oh, it's like I'm gonna go back and watch it and the again. And the crazy thing is, people on Twitter were saying the same thing that it was like their third or their fourth mm-hmm. time watching it. They just since eight o'clock have been glued to WGN America because yeah. it's just that powerful and it's such an incredible history lesson um but it's incredible how she talks about how the things that we experience and learn as a child and don't realize it's going to be useful like you go to school and you're like i'm never going to use this Mm -hmm. so to a certain degree slavery was her school you know she the things working at the big house that she didn't want to do then learning things out in the swamp all was preparing her mm-hmm. for her greater purpose. And we still don't know how she felt when her dad had her out there learning about the trees. Like, she she mentions it. Right. She she credits him for teaching her these things, but we don't know as a kid if she yeah, was the, like, yeah. Dad, do I really have to be? Mm-hmm. We, don't, we don't know how she... And she probably... Like, like any other kid. Mm-hmm. Like, I really just want to play. Mm-hmm. Or, or let me go watch Mama. Let me go in the house. Let me sneak some more sugar. I don't want to be learning about trees right, right now. Right. And now that tree is saving so many lives. So many mm-hmm. lives. So many lives. Her rebellion to not show pain. For, listen, I am a clean canvas. I don't even have a tattoo because my wall for pain isn't that high. 
And the fact that she was like, I don't care how many times they beat me. I'm not going to give them the reaction they're expecting because mm-hmm. that is my, in that time, that in her, her ignorance, mm-hmm. that was her form of freedom. I relate it to that line yeah. so well because thought, mm-hmm. go ahead, I'm sorry. you can go. No, no, I was just gonna say, I feel like it definitely relates to today and to, there are so many situations where someone can antagonize you or it may be a white person that can antagonize you and that's what they want. They want you to show your hurt and your pain from the past. They want you to lash out and be angry at them. And it's like, you don't give them that reason. You don't give them that satisfaction. If you have to walk away, be the bigger person, be strong enough to walk away from the situation. It doesn't make you any less than, doesn't make you a coward or soft or anything walk away. That's interesting because she said that line and you just gave us that breakdown but that's not necessarily how I saw it. Like Mm -hmm. She was talking about it in race. Like, you know, Mm -hmm. she was beating her and she didn't want to give her the satisfaction. However, I compared it and I related to it with the wall that I have in life. I Mm -hmm. I have a wall when it comes to pain and when it comes to hurt, when it comes to disappointment. Mm -hmm. And when I do feel those emotions, I don't like to give people the satisfaction to know that you just hurt me. Mm-hmm. And, and that's not always healthy. That, that's not the right. right way to be. I won't say that. However, it's, it is how I coast through life. And we saw it again with her when she had the incident with her husband. And I'm pretty sure, well, you Ooh. know, when she had the incident with her husband, she she gave us a lot of, she dropped a lot of gems and she dropped so a lot of knowledge. Gems. But without saying it, we saw her too not give him the satisfaction to see her hurt, mm-hmm. to see her in pain. And, right. and I don't know if we can relate that to relationships that we've been in or disappointments with our parents or with siblings or with jobs but I'm not going to allow you to see me broken because then you can use that against me Mm -hmm. and like that's mm -hmm. just what I took Mm -hmm. so like she said with that also like he he showed me that he could do without me so that means I I can do do without without him him. that's the story of my life right so with anything else (laughs) and it all ties into her saying that you know we all have those moments in our lives that thing that happens that breaks your life in two and it's what happened before that and what happens after that and for her you know it was a lot of things that led up to that of course her getting struck in her head that allowed the spells that even cultivated her relationship with God I mean to me this entire monologue was literally like prophecy revelation Mm -hmm. church a sermon like it was just what it means to have a personal relationship with your god and your jesus um it was oh my lord the fact that this is i don't know if this was strategic that they did this episode during resurrection week and Mm -hmm. it's about to be good friday but i literally was just like I, I was literally feeling just overwhelmed by like what spirit and God was speaking to me through this episode because it's incredible how she's like, God is listening to me. Like he actually hears my prayers. I mean, you know what I loved? So you're saying that and we're talking about prayers and we're talking about God hearing her prayers. And she talks about how she changed her prayer over her master. She went from praying that he has a change of heart to praying that he dies. That he <laughs> yes. dies. And everyone in the audience was so surprised. They were like, who? <laughs> and it was like, you want him to live? Like, right. <laughs> not that I wanted him to die either. Right. But you act like you haven't seen death. You haven't heard death. Like it was such a, uh, uh, it was just shocking to you mm-hmm. that she could pray for her master to die. Someone who's had the hand in her pain, had the hand in her sister's pain, had mm-hmm. the hand in her mom's pain. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So for them to sit there and be like so dramatic over it, I was like, all right, you clearly clearly you ain't been through much. Right, exactly. And But then the that's the beauty of what kind of Christian she was because she said after it actually happened, she's like, man, what I would do to bring that soul back. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The soul that tormented her, mm-hmm. that beat her, that treated her so wrong, she still was like, I feel remorse about even praying that prayer. You know, mm-hmm. so it's like, 
wow, like th- there's levels to it. And let's, she let's give credit to the writers again for bringing forth a topic that we not only would not be able to get from any other uh, show, mm-hmm, right? But we wouldn't be able to talk about on AfterBuzz, and sure. and for being bold enough to call out hypocrites. Mm-hmm. So. Harriet was speaking to us and she was saying that there were rapists who were pastors and people who were beating on women. Like, she just went in on everybody right. who, 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 who was committing these crimes, killing people, raping people, hurting people, and then would go into the church house and, and say, oh, I'm doing this for God or, mm. or I'm doing this for religious reasons. So for, for the writers to call that out and to be bold enough to bring that forth through Harriet it was just it was it was beautiful it was yeah it was epic because there are so many people that argue or not argue but a lot of people that and I respect it and I understand it I'm you know I respect everyone's creed everyone's religious views but there are a lot of folks that say I don't understand why black people are Christians you know they use the bible against you and that's the white man's religion and there's like all this anger Mm -hmm. towards black people being Christians um and it's like that ain't my Christianity and that ain't my God. And I was like, girl, yes, that's exactly how I feel. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, it was just so beautiful because it's, it's one of those things where I was like, if I could just have everyone in the world see this episode. Like, Mm -hmm. I just want everyone on the planet to see this episode because it doesn't matter what religion you come from. God is love. Mm -hmm. And our job is just to love on people. And unfortunately, they did use it against us. But it doesn't mean that that's what it was for. Because, I mean, look at her name, Black Moses, to free her people. Mm -hmm. You know, and, and how she had visions of things because of prophecy from I mean she was just quoting scriptures I was just like this this for every person that tells me I shouldn't be a black Christian Mm -hmm. here watch Aisha Hines (laughs) in underground this is what's beautiful she went into a a place where I just clearly lost my thought I was going I was going (laughs) sorry and and it's gone it's gonna come back it'll come back (laughs) I felt the same way that you felt and I have a few friends not many on Facebook that they're starting this different journey of religion or non-religion and then they kind of want to like you said they just want to kind of beat it out of you or get it out of you that mentality of like well Christianity shouldn't be our religion it was used against us and things like that and like okay it's a religion but my relationship with God Mm -hmm. that's between me and him and for me personally like he showed up and shown out in my life so if this is how I'm going to follow him, then this is how I'm going to follow him. Right. You know what I mean? And like you said, there are scriptures that will say that will go in our favor Mm -hmm. in the Bible. They just were able to, because we couldn't read at the time, because we couldn't decipher what was right and what was wrong and notice what they were doing to manipulate us, to use that against us. They were still, like I just said, things that were in our favor, Mm. you know? So I still stand behind, like like I said, I love my God. And I mean, speaking of following what I loved, there was just so many quotes. She said, be intentional with your aim because he will provide. I was like... Then she came back and said, but you got to do the work. But you got to do do the the work. work. I was like... (laughs) And and she was like, that's when she knew she had the aim to escape. And she was like, her first mistake was trying to convince anyone. Mm -hmm. And that's the thing, too. Like, I don't need to convince you to want to be free. I don't need you to convince you to want to love God or read the Bible or go to Mm -hmm. church. Like, it has to already be on the inside of you, that fire to want, to desire, to seek knowledge to seek freedom. That fire that she was talking about, I just thought about Noah because Noah has that fire. Mm -hmm. And I was like, 
the fact that her brothers convinced her to turn around, I never knew that. That's another piece of history yeah. I didn't know. That the first time she ran, she turned around. You always hear like, oh, she ran and she made it right, to Canada. Yeah. <laughs> That's what I was going to... I got my thought back. So you were saying how you know she was a black Moses because she led her people to freedom like Moses did for his people. Mm-hmm. And I never realized that that's why we called her Moses. Like I, I put the correlation together, but I did it until today because she's she had so many names, right? Mm-hmm. Yes. And just like I learned from this episode that she's called Harriet... In honor of her mom. Right. Mm-hmm. Like, that wasn't her name growing up. That mm-hmm. wasn't a name that someone else gave her. She started calling herself Harriet to be close, to have that sense of, of kinship. You know what I mean? Especially traveling back and forth and, and being apart, and her parents were older. So, the fact that we received so much knowledge, mm-hmm. like, so many, so, so much many knowledge, gems. E- even, even with her opening up and talking about her sisters, like, Anytime you you talk about family or or she explains how she was a kid and she was able to relate to her mom's grief, you can I can now feel it mm-hmm. because even if it's a stranger, I I can empathize and I can sympathize for whatever it is that you're going through. So imagining a child watching her elder sisters being raped or being taken away or being sold and, and disappearing and never coming back, now you have to piece the things together and you're forced to grow up. Mm-hmm. And I think that this episode, if I can tie it into one thing, this episode was just full of wisdom. Mm-hmm. It was like talking to your elder grandmother who just started giving you tools for life, tools to get through, things to work through. Like It was phenomenal. Do we have anyone in the live chat? Did they answer our question? They didn't. No one knows. Actually, Actually I, think I, I think I see it. Yeah, shout out to Donna. She said, PBS shares on one occasion that Harriet overheard some men reading her wanted poster, which stated that she was illiterate. She promptly put out, pulled out a book and pretended to be reading it. So she didn't know how to read. She didn't know how to read. So she pulled out a book. So then if they were looking for her, mm. they'd be like, oh, it's not her because the read. real Harriet can't read. Right, right, right. Ah, see, she's she was a wise, tricky one, that one. I can relate with Black Jones in the uh, chat room. He says, all the quotes had me, especially the one referring to Abraham and God sacrificing their son. So when Harriet brought up Captain Brown, Captain John, John Brown, Brown. Mm-hmm. and how he had a heart for war and he had a, he was willing to sacrifice his son for the for for black people, right. basically. And she's and, like, no white man. Yeah. <laughs> and, and, she, and, she, and she was like, no one that I know would do that except for Abraham, Abraham and, and God. God. And and. <laughs> So when when you know the stories, you're just like, aha, like, you know what I mean? It, yes. it, it hits you and you're just like, you're right. Because even learning Abraham's story, it was really hard for me to put mm-hmm. myself in his shoes and to imagine or try to even think about sacrificing Isaac. So to know that Captain Brown, we don't know him and we saw the argument between mm-hmm. the people about him. Mm-hmm. But to know that he had the heart to sacrifice his son was just like, okay. Yeah, that was really dope. It was deep. Super, <laughs> super dope. How do you think about... That imagery, I don't know about you ladies, but the imagery it gave me when she was like choked up and talking about actually crossing the state line and getting into Pennsylvania and finally hitting freedom, but that there was no one there to welcome her. It's like, I think, I mean, we're not in those times, so I can't imagine it in that regard, but I think about the things that we hope for and pray for Mm -hmm. in our individual lives, and then I think about man, if I finally accomplish everything I've ever wanted and I get all the things I wanted, but I, I'm i alone at the top, mm-hmm. you know, how worth it is it? And I think that moment, that imagery that I'm seeing, is like, that's why she went back. Because it's like, 
that isn't home and what is a home without the people you yeah. love like yeah. what's the point of having a mansion with eight rooms with no one to share it with like i don't want that and she said that to us she mm-hmm. said that sometimes we want certain things and we get those things just to realize that it's not what we need Ooh. Mm-hmm. She literally said that. And when she said that, I'm starting to think about all the things that I've wanted that I did receive that didn't change any of my circumstances. Right. She's like, I looked at myself. Do I look the same? Right. (laughs) It it didn't change anything. I got what I wanted. Now what? Mm -hmm. It wasn't what I needed. So it wasn't going to evoke true purpose out of me. It wasn't going to launch me into my destiny. Right. That was... I'm too much. It's 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 just so it's, much. It's for so me. much. Like I'm it literally is. gonna go home and meditate and pray on the word I just got. It it's like, and she talked about her pattern, like mm-hmm, her strategic, mm-hmm. how she would work, then plan, and then wait. Work, plan, wait, and and she talked about the that December, January, February were the easiest months to like get out and escape, and from. I just want to give a special shout out to Kalisha Graves, who usually um, hangs out with us in the live chat. But she writes for blackfilm.com and she always does like the recaps. And she's just full of so much knowledge. And so her first road to going to save her folks was in December of 1850. Mm-hmm. So it's like she she just knew but unfortunately the fugitive slave act came into play in mm-hmm. 1850 so it it changed the game on how she was going to do everything but i really loved how she talked about how she was afraid yeah like it was like oh i i thought i was going to be able to do it this way and now i got to actually go there which yeah. is like interesting cuz it's like what happened with noah and rosalie cuz noah's like wait you want to go back to making you know <laughs> right. so can't wait till next week I- it's gonna go down. It's gonna go crazy. What are we, what are we saying? We're just talking. To, they're they're jumping ahead. They're jumping ahead to what, <laughs> what our predictions will be. Amelia, Amelia, I believe it is. I definitely see your comment, and I was gonna tie that into my prediction. So I feel like you just kind of snuck into my brain and stole my thoughts. Um, she <laughs> basically says head. that's why Rosalie is going back to Macon, even though she's pregnant with Noah and still wanted her family. Right. And I I, I think that just speaks to everyone though, except for Noah, because until. He reconnected with Rosalie. Mm-hmm. Everyone wants to be with their family. Mm-hmm. They right. want to be mm-hmm. reconnected. They want that love that was pulled away from them, that was destroyed from them at while they were kids. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's what they're fighting for. And yeah. we know that that was the initial plan for Harriet. Mm-hmm. And then we learned that after her her, her heartbreak was re- it was necessary. Oh, um, her husband sure. cheating on her mm-hmm. was Ooh. necessary because that's what launched her into saving so many people. Yeah. And I think that in itself was a word for us because a lot of times we go through d- like heartbreaks and we go through disastrous situations and we don't understand it, mm-hmm. not realizing that they're working for our good. Right. When she said you can endure anything when you have a purpose mm-hmm. and the Lord had a reason for that betrayal because I was thinking too small. When I, when I tell you, my eyes literally welped up because like... Lord, it's like we you think you want this or you think you need Mm -hmm. this or you think this is where you're going and this is the plan. And and it's like you're thinking too small. Yeah, this is stop thinking about yourself and your own family. Mm -hmm. Like think about other people. And she had the means to help other people. And then she was like in that moment where she could have saved one soul because of that betrayal. She saved Saved 11 11 people. Yeah. And I was going to say, yeah, that one trip. Two things happened there: um, the betrayal of her husband, and then also then the 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 Freedom Act, the um, sorry, the slave 
what was Fugitive Slave Act. Fugitive Slave Act, yes. And I wrote it down. I'm like, where is it? The Fugitive <laughs> Slave Act, that happened as well. So like she said, those 11 souls, she took them all the way to Canada. But two things there. She had that fire from that and then that perseverance. Like, you maybe try to stop us, but I'm still going to find a way around it. I'm right. still going to find a way to get to my version of my promised land. She took you them know? to She's, Canada. Man. Then went yes. back to the south. I'll be tired when I just take a three-hour <laughs> flight. Like, you know. She said, I'm married to the cause now. Yeah. I was like, mm, right, oh, girl. Get it. It was it was crazy. So she mentioned something, um, and I don't remember exactly what she was talking about. I know around the time she said black folks, no pain. And we know mm-hmm. that because of all that we've endured. Mm-hmm. Um, but she also said that there's no such thing as triumph under slavery. Mm-hmm. And then later she goes in to say, uh, when she was talking about Captain John Brown, that violence with no cause is brutality. Right. So though, when she mentioned those things, it clearly launched me until today 2017 2016 and all that's been happening and although slavery is slavery doesn't exist anymore Mm -hmm. there is still racism and there is still uh oppression and all all things relating to race Mm -hmm. but then but then when she said violence with no causes brutality i thought about all the brutality that's been happening like it has no cause it's coming from a hateful place it's coming from a place that you know that, that that's not love. Mm-hmm. So for her to say that, and we know that this was in the 1800s, and for it to be relevant today, right. it's just like, okay, we know that a lot has changed, and we know that we're blessed, and we made a lot of progressions, mm-hmm. but what's really changed? Right. And, and to, that's scary. Mm-hmm. And to piggyback off of that, she also said, like, a country built on bodies will always need more for the slaughter. Ooh. And that goes into that, too. Yeah. Like, definitely. My God. It, it's interesting because her meeting with John Brown in general, for her, was a revelation of prophecy, of her vision. And he comes at the door. She describes him like this white man with the long beard. And I'm thinking, Jesus? <laughs> Not like literally, but in the sense of the way they portray him to be right in pictures that he's this white man. Um, <laughs> but she... As soon as she mentions John Brown, everyone goes a roar. And then now, for almost the first time, we're hearing people actually talk in the audience and almost get into an argument. But then Elizabeth tells everyone to shut it all the Mm -hmm. way down. Elizabeth was in awe. Elizabeth was yeah. in awe of Harry, and so are you because you're yeah, taking I was this just red gonna, lipstick. Oh, in the moment, I was putting like, it all over here your like face this. because Francelli is so into this conversation. <laughs> I can't. I can't. Like, so guys, don't right. don't like, tease her in the comments for, don't for the mind yeah. it's just everywhere. So Tan <laughs> has a question for us. She says, "What if you make it to where you want to be, but you never had family that cared to help you get to your potential?" Um, and I, I think it depends. If we're talking during that time Mm -hmm. you may have not had family but you had somebody that cared for you yeah no one had no family you know what I mean Mm -hmm. you you have someone whether it's a friend or a friend's friend you kind of have someone that you talk to or someone that you confide in and not all of us do some of us just have ourselves and and that's okay because you have yourself you make it out for yourself but when you get there you still have to reflect and figure out why am I doing this Mm -hmm. what am I going to do because no one wants to live alone Mm -hmm. so do you then make make a family with someone new that could be a that, you know, you might right. not have to go back for anyone else. Maybe mm-hmm. you make family with someone in your community. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then you guys save people mm-hmm. going back. Or maybe, like, your your destiny is to be that for someone else. Yeah. You know, maybe you come along and you see someone that doesn't have that. And you know what it's like right. to not have that. You know what it's like to go through and, and have your accomplishments and not be able to share that with someone. And then you see someone along the way going through the same thing. Mm-hmm. Then maybe it's your job now to, to kind of take them in. Yeah, because it works like that sometimes, too. Yeah, shout-outs to Amelia, who says, Harriet said that her family became those who she led to freedom. Right. Mm -hmm. You know, you create a new family. Some people are like that, too. Like, 
even here in LA, folks that move from their small towns and they come here and they have no one and they might join a church and the church community and the people there become their new family mm-hmm. or the people that are into the same thing you're into, your improv troupe, whatever it is, but you find a new family where you go because mm-hmm. sometimes, yeah, people don't support the movement that you're going to. Um, Amelia just referenced um, Harriet's family being everyone she led to freedom and it made me immediately think of Jesus in the Bible. Like when his actual family came to see him he was like that's not my family all of everyone everyone is my family like mm-hmm. not just the people that I'm blood to mm-hmm. but everyone that I that I'm speaking to everyone that I that I'm bringing on his journey you know what I mean um so yeah i, I guess it's just heart it's it's heart whoever's in your heart is your family mm-hmm. well harriet says my story ain't over and it ain't mine mm. like you know She's talking about war. She's trying to convince, not necessarily convince, but I think she's trying to show people that, hey, guys, this war thing might be the only option we have left because I am doing the Lord's work, but the world isn't changing. Mm -hmm. And everyone in this room believes the world needs to change, but there's not a lot of people in that room. Right. And she's like, and we're all sitting here having conversations about it when we should be out there changing it. And so... She's like, we're abolitionists, but we haven't abolished nothing. Like, mm-hmm. it was just, the ending was just, I mean, it just kept growing. Mm-hmm. Like, I I literally was just like, what? What? Oh, Like, she just hit every nail on the head. And it was just like, as much as war is something you don't necessarily want to do, mm-hmm. at this point, she says, what else? What other option do we have? And that's the truth in it, though, because she talks about what option do we have next. She also talks about how she just wanted to walk away, yeah. mm-hmm. how she didn't want to free anybody else, mm-hmm. how she, you know, she wants to live this long life and stop living this, this life on the run and this life underground. So we see a lot of conflict toward the end. Mm-hmm. We see a lot of truths toward the end. And it's it's needed because I think that a lot of times we get carried away and we feel like we can't do anything because we're not Harriet Tubman. Right. Or Harriet Tubman had it so easy because it was in the 1800s and she was so strong. And, and all of that is an excuse because she battled with a lot of the same things that I feel like we think about from time mm-hmm. to time. Sometimes when you are the pioneer, you want to give up. Yeah. I don't want to do this anymore. I, mm-hmm. It's time for me. And it's okay to admit that. You know what I mean? So the fact that she was she was just she was very humble. She was so, so humble. So humble, so relatable, so open. Mm-hmm. And that in a room full of strangers, in a room full of people that looked like the men she feared. It was magical. Yeah. It was pretty magical. And folks in the chat are talking about like the camera and like towards the end how they had her looking right at the camera. Mm-hmm. Shout outs to um Anthony Hemingway who directed this episode. But Kalisha Graves who does the the recap said something very beautiful about how she feels that Harriet from the grave was talking to our era yes. and peering into our world from the 19th century saying he, God, will provide, but you got to do your part. You got to find what it means for you to be a soldier. Beat back those that are trying to kill everything good and right in the world and call making it great again. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we can't <laughs> afford to be just citizens in a time of war. That would be surrender. Mm-hmm. That would be giving up our future and our souls. Ain't nobody get to sit this one out. You hear me? You and hear me? 
black. I had so many chills in that moment. Nobody right. gets to sit this one out. She basically was calling us to action. She was yeah. calling all of uh-huh. us out. Like, in 2017, are you just sitting around and complaining? Twitter fingers are mm-hmm. getting hot. What are you really doing? Are you just having conversations or are you getting up and going to do something about what's happening mm-hmm. that you're angry about? Whew. As you can see, I've gotten really excited. <laughs> this one literally just, I mean, uh, it's hard because it hasn't sunk yet, right? right? We've gone through almost the entire episode, but it still hasn't sunk. And right. I think that what's going to be interesting is we got a sneak peek of what's going to happen next week. And yes. we're going to be so on fire from next week, but we're still going to have these words that Harriet had yeah. resonating in us. Right. Mm-hmm. Well, guys, we have to wrap up pretty soon. Um, what are your predictions for next week? And now, you're after Buzz TV. Predictions, Predictions for next week. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, I think last week I did mention that them finally going back to Macon. So we see that that is going to happen now, sooner yes. than later. Yes. Okay, I was just started that. I really don't have a prediction. I'm just happy that they're going back to Macon. She's <laughs> like, they're going to Macon. <laughs> That's all I got. It's going to get hot. And yeah. while they're back home, I predict that Noah is going to figure out that Rosalie is pregnant. And he's going to flip out. He's going to be like, you basically tricked me to get here because you know I wouldn't let your butt come here like that. Um, so even though it's going to be spicy and a lot of violence and, and everything's going to happen, I, I predict somewhere they're going to have that conflict. Well... Cato with no eyebrows. Oh goodness. We're gonna see you what cheated. that we're gonna see what no, that's not a prediction. I'm just saying <laughs> we're gonna see what that really looks like. Yeah. Um of course I predict that Cato is is gonna surprise us all. I think he has so many layers, and we've seen that in the last couple mm-hmm. episodes. I think he's really going to do some things that we're not going to see coming. Yeah. Um, so I'm just interested to see that yeah. storyline. I'm actually proud of him right now. Mm-hmm. Before I know what's happening, I'm proud of him right. for what he's about to do. Yeah. Right. Like I said, I'm starting to open up to him now. Oh, yeah. so we're Team yeah. Kato? No, yeah. no. I'm, I'm no. becoming Team Kato. She's not. She, she me. Kato. She's not. Like I said, I'm just I'm just excited about next week to see like everything kind of go down. So I I think I'm just want a, a fresh mind to just kind of see like how their everything is gonna play out. Yeah. Well, I thank you guys for tuning in with us and joining us here at the after show. Um, I want to take this time to thank God for Harriet Tubman's life mm-hmm. and who she was. Uh, may her spirit and her legacy live on forever. And may people be able to use this episode to teach people about who she was. Harriet made 19 trips to the South and freed over 300 enslaved people. I am Francelli Chapman. You can hang out with me at all things Selly Hangout. And I'll be on Twitter still in all at hey underscore it's lay. <laughs> and you guys can catch me on Instagram and on Twitter at Lanisha underscore 33. Thank you guys. We'll be back next week. Bye. It's been real. From executive producers Maria Menunos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire AfterBuzz TV staff, we would like to thank you for listening to the AfterBuzz TV network. To watch or listen to other after shows and post comments or questions, be sure to visit AfterBuzzTV.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of AfterBuzz TV. Buzz you later. The views expressed herein are those of the host only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals. 